Welcome to another installment of the Nimrod Generation Podcast, where if space is the final frontier, then the beer run, the corner store is the first step. I'm Leo. That's Vincent. Yeah, here we go. guy. So, me and Vincent are wrestling fans. We thought, let's do Survivor Series. And then we realized, really, wasn't that great on Survivor Series? Yeah, there were some okay ones, but nothing really stood out. So, what better way, since we're Houston boys, we do WrestleMania, and let's not start a war, please. X7, 17. Whatever. You know how some people are. It's not 17, it's X7. This is so on the billboard. <laughs> Don't know your damn Roman numeral morals. But yeah, WrestleMania 17, which was held on April Fool's Day in Houston of 2001. Yep. So, 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was really, really desperately trying to get a clink, like, you know, some bees. Probably 20 years ago, you were probably desperately trying to grow some pubic hair. (laughs) Just because I was a late bloomer does not mean anything. Okay. That was what mom said. My mom, my mom says I was eventually going to be okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, WrestleMania back then. Dude, I was watching, like, a lot. Like, you know how you see they have the pay-per-use or what they did on the weekends and this and this, that and that. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, don't, I forgot all about WWF access. I forgot about the, what was that? They had a New York a bar in New York. Yeah, the they just called it WWF New York, from what I remember. It was called what? It was WWF New York. Yeah, man, it seemed like WWF. Who does not know is WWE pretty much, but you should already know that by now. Was like. On the top of the world, like literally on top of the world, they had everything. And I remember they were showing like little things of XFL on its first original attempt. Yeah. Both times, but well, we can blame COVID for that undefeated Houston streak that ended last time. (laughs) Just saying. But it looks like we actually went to the to the. Corner store for some alcohol. What are we drinking on today, Vincent? I've got a. Um, I'm I'm gonna get coal for Christmas because I bought. I'm gonna get coal for Christmas because I bought a advent calendar, but I opened it early. So this is a Schlossweiser beer. Schlossweiser. Yeah, it's uh, 1516, yeah, what I don't there. But it's just uh, one of the Advent Calendar German beers that they got. It's pretty good. Good to know. Where do you get the calendar? I'm, I'm curious to have some. Oh, I got it in Costco, and you just have to be there when they get it. Mm. Well, I'll say one thing. You didn't turn on the Mariah Carey, did you? Fuck no. I ain't you know, to that shit. Some of us Texas boys, 
basically, I want to go to this bar in Dallas, to this one bar that refuses to play Mariah Carey. Yeah. Must go. Until, until December 1st, and then you only get one. Shake the guy's hand. Be like, yo. One play. You're a man, a gentleman amongst gentlemen. Yeah, I can't stand it. All right. So there's actually a small tradition of mine here when I moved into this house. I actually normally drink a Voodoo Ranger IPA while watching WrestleMania. I I think the one WrestleMania you were here, I didn't have it. Yeah. I went to the store and they didn't have it. I was mad. But for most of the WrestleManias here, it's this is the beer to go to. This is my WrestleMania like beer. So I thought, hey, we're talking WrestleMania. Why not? Hey, too bad uh, you couldn't switch that up and get the Stone Cold IPA. Hey man, you know how hard that's on biscuits, huh? Mm-hmm. Though I will say this right now: if you have not had the Broken Skull IPA, you are missing out. That is. I would recommend that even to people who don't drink IPA. It is it is a smooth tasting beer. It's not strong on that aftertaste of the IPA. It it, it quenches the thirst, literally. Austin, you son of a gun. Did you sell your soul to the devil to make this great, great beer too? Man, I I fucking miss it. Every it seems like at that time all the wrestlers were on point and on peak of what they were doing. It's not like wrestlers today. Everybody seems to either an unbeatable force, you're a cruiserweight, and but I always feel like there's not really that many in WWE. I'm just gonna flat out say many wrestlers that have like multiple abilities. Like it's hard to find wrestlers and put them in different types of matches like you used to back in the day. Yeah. They're not all-around workers. They're specialty players. Mm. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this uh, amazing track by Limp Biscuit. Yeah. No. Oh, come on, you can't. Don't tell me you you didn't think it was at least an okay song when you heard it. It, I, it when they did the promo for the Rock and Austin, which this was the Rock and Austin. Uh, one of the was it the second time they faced at WrestleMania? No, I thought they did seventeen and eighteen. 18 was Austin versus Hogan. No, it was Rock versus Hogan, Austin versus uh, uh, AEO, uh, Scott Hall. Yeah, then it would have been the second one. One match of that pay-per-view being epic, the other one, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like the uh, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg match at WrestleMania. That was... I'm talking about the very first time we just looked like both of them were just hugging each other for most of the match. It was pure magic. The Titans going at it. As they said, so what they always try to the un the unmovable object versus the unstoppable force. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, uh, it, this WrestleMania actually had a, a Sunday Night Heat. You remember Sunday Night Heat at all? On USA yeah. Network. Yep. Apparently, it was X Factor versus who the hell were they wrestling? X Factor won. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I don't remember. So, but we do start off the match with an uncommon 
what I thought would probably be now looking back on it, I didn't think this rivalry could even work out or even see them in a wrestling match together. Is Chris Jericho as the Intercontinental Champion coming in to defend versus William Regal, the commissioner of WWF. Do you remember this match the first time you saw it? And what were your opinions about now that you watched it? I mean, I kind of remember watching it the first time and just was like, okay, whatever. Wasn't truly interested in it. But when I watched it again this week, I really was into it a lot more. And since I've been, you know, paying closer attention to matches and how the wrestlers work and stuff, I, I had a better appreciation for the match this time than I did back then. I actually was surprised at Regal's performance. I always, I always remember him like, you know, kind of the undermined sneak, you know, always win his matches with like always having someone in his corner. Yeah. Uh, this, this was a match he didn't come out with nobody in his corner, but Jericho at the time being the younger one, the younger wrestler, um, it was about just about a couple, maybe a year since he had joined WWF. Yeah. With the whole Y2J gimmick. And it was like yeah. Y2K or whatever, but yeah, he came out as Y2J. It, I remember he bulked up a lot because he was a cruiserweight in WCW yeah. when he made the jump to WWF. But it, it seemed like for what he bulked, he didn't lose speed. So it was still like a fast young guy. Yeah. Being also technical because Jericho still had some high flying in him, but not as much as what he, when he was a cruiserweight. But he had a very technical style. He, he could, of course, his submission was. The Lion Tamer, Walter Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was weird because I remember watching the match and not caring for it. Also, mm-hmm. like Jericho's gonna win. Just why am I even watching this? Where's the nachos? <laughs> That's I, that was my memory about that match. But looking back at it now, looking at it now, I'm I'm just wow. Like Regal kept up with him. Yeah. Everything was sold and. Usually, like, for even small matches, you'll notice botches here and there. But that one kind of went off with it without a hinge. Like, it, it excelled. Yeah. Just the same. I was looking at it thinking, okay, where are they going to mess up? And I kind of look for the mess up sometimes. But I couldn't find any. They were just, like, spot on with all their moves and the techniques were good. And it was a really tight, clean match. Yeah. Jericho uh, hits a lion salt and you think he didn't put the walls of Jericho on him because it could have looked a lot it could have been a lot worse than what it was at, at Regal's age well it's not like Regal was in his 60s or anything like that he wasn't super old he just he did look bad was, he did look out of shape though a little bit but he's also bigger than Jericho so I think that would have looked a little off just because of that I mean, was it like in WCW when like the Lion Tamer used to be like? Because I feel like the Walls of Jericho was always more of a Boston crab. Oh yeah. And the Lion Tamer seemed more like like he had you all like twisted on your neck, crooked, and like like putting his knee on your back, and it it just looked like it hurt more. 
in WCW yeah. than it did in, in WWF. Oh, yeah, a little bit, but he would also stay standing up for, like, that one. But when he went deep with the walls and just, like, really torqued the hell out of somebody's back, that looked way more painful. Okay. So, the next match to me was something of an odd pairing. Uh I think they were just trying to promote Houston, having even like accolades come out with like all. Uh, was it Bradshaw that came out with his Texas yeah. Pride? Yeah. And like he's giving all this speech about all these sports events that have happened in Houston and in the Astrodome specifically. Yeah, specifically in the Astrodome. Man, all I gotta say is he pumped me up for that match. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, it was what I expected. Not, not really anything special happened there. Yeah, but, you know, it was a match and helped all of them get a payday. So, if you look at it that way, it was good. Yeah. Was it a right to censor? Yeah. Them versus right to censor with APA with Taz against the right to censor guy. That. One dude, I forget his name. I always forget his name. Bobby the tall Cannon. guy. Yeah, Bobby Bobby Cannon, whatever his name is. But yeah, he he was he surprised me with that rope jump. He got up there damn quick for a tall guy. Well, I mean, he he had some moments. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know how it is, especially whenever you get into a group, you kind of like lose that whole. Yeah, momentum, yourself. especially like they're a heel group. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where I actually wonder where the hell, what was his name, Stevie Richards? Mm-hmm. Stevie Richards, yeah. Like, because it was like him, Ivory, uh, the Godfather, Valvin. Good father. Oh, the good, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. But I mean, they censored everybody. They, they censored the Godfather to the Good Father, so no pimps and hoes. Then no, Val Venus wasn't a porn star anymore. Exactly. I mean, after no porn star gimmick, yeah, really nowhere to go for Val Venus, to be honest. Pretty much, yeah. Not if he's not going to be a womanizing son of a bitch. Why didn't they? Uh, Censor Mark Mark Henry. We didn't have to see no hand being born. I'm telling you that right now. Well, they were already over that. And you don't like May Young's kid? Come on, man. Oh man. I I believe that hand had a bright future ahead of itself. Didn't they call him Handy? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty handy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so filler match, nothing real special there. So that we got. I'm surprised I forgot Raven was already in the company by this point. Yeah. I I, I saw him come out. It's a it's a hardcore championship title match. I remember the hardcore championship, but I remember more because I think most of us more remember from either the Al Snow uh, feuds with uh, what was that dude's name. 
Hardcore Holly. Well, Hardcore Holly. He had the feuds with Hardcore Holly, yeah. but he also had the feuds with um, Steve Blackman. Not Steve Blackman. The other dude. He looked like he was in a in a junkyard. He used to have the junkyard matches. He's come with overalls. He used to wear like a mesh thing on his face. The trash man. Trash man. And wasn't he in the gimmick the battle royale? Yeah, the trash man was in the gimmick battle royale. No, but it was some dude. He, but it's like before Hardcore Holly, he got in, he was always in the feud with somebody. Black our truth. Our truth. No, our truth wasn't in there yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> that <be some> shit. <laughs> Jimmy was there, I swear. I believe Jimmy was there. Jimmy was in there. Jimmy was there. Nah, but yeah, to me, that's the hardcore time. I remember mostly the Al Snow feud. So after that, it was like the 24-7 was Crash. And then we had the... I'm I'm, I'm swearing again. I remember also Raven... No, not Raven. Kane as an ECW world champion. Yeah. But that's after this, way after this. So this match, I completely, when I saw it, I, I thought I was literally like, did I completely miss this when I was a young kid? Maybe. It, I mean, I didn't go anywhere. I was just in the living room when I watched it. But yeah. Hardcore man. Five. Ah, it was pretty good. I mean, they threw the hell out of Raven all over the damn place. And it's always fun to watch Big Show and Kane beat the shit out of each other. But, you know. It was like Godzilla versus King Kong versus the humans. Yeah, any human. <laughs> Raven was like it was like pint size compared to everybody in that match. Yeah. But he was pretty good. I mean, overall. Yeah, and he did what he was supposed to, just like come in and out and get his ass beat. Get his ass beat and then run around and get his ass thrown all over the place. Did you know that in that match, Raven almost cut the power to the whole Thing out really yeah so almost like i don't know if it was the whole broadcast or to the whole event so you remember the scene where he's on the golf cart right yeah all right so there was like a steel wall right there he thought i can run this into it bounce off and like swerve back into into driving because the whole concept was they're going to drive around the entire astrodome yeah but when he did that he there, there was like a gap at the edge of it that had the electrical power running right there. Like I had all the cables. So he was like, I believe like two and a half inches away from literally hitting those cables when it caved in there. Nice. From completely knocking out all of WrestleMania. That would have been great. That would have been so awesome. Everybody paying sixty dollars to watch two match one and a half matches. <laughs> one and a half. It would have just turned into a house show after that. <laughs> Motorhead well, would have gone up. It's not if the lights went out in place. Huh? I said not if the whole lights went out in that place. Then yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, well, I'm pretty sure it's just like the WWE wiring going around. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, like the main lines that, are, well, I guess it's for the broadcasting then, because I guess Houston would have been fine watching the pay-per-view, but yeah. the 50 countries around the world <laughs> would have not. So, I, th- I found it very funny to see his ass get ran over by a, by a golf cart, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, not technically not completely run over or anything like that. His car didn't run him over, and Kane stopped like hard on the brakes before he actually ran Raven over. So this match ends like in any well, it it kind of has the attitude hardcore match vibes to it. They go up, they start in the ring, go up the ramp. Someone goes through a glass window. They yeah. go into the fake rooms that are there. Yeah. <laughs> Completely set like, up rooms. Yeah. Um, people go through doors and you end them. And walls. And walls, yeah. And then you end them in at, on the Titan Tron, like the, the stage of the Titan Tron. And someone. Yeah gonna get thrown off it always happens every hardcore match back in the day was it like i'll snow that one time got thrown off the uh that with a trash can was it was cactus jack maybe maybe i don't know i've been looking over i was looking up something about the top hardcore champions and it had the some stills of the pay-per-view i don't remember which pay-per-view it was whatever but the pay-per-view where steve blackman and shane fought each other and they went up the side of the titan tron and oh, yeah. Black knocked the shit out of Shane, and shane just flew down him. with the with the kendo yeah <laughs> oh man let's not get started with shane omag and and pay-per-views are right? he's fucking insane dude that dude really needs to i mean for for the love of his kids Shane, I love you for all you do in the ring, but think of your children, man, for real. Just like when he was going to go up against The Undertaker, his kids don't need to see him die in a damn ring. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I actually feel like getting a Shane O'Mag jersey, but the old one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What happened at the end, though? Like, I, I got I was watching it, but I was I was writing the note down about oh someone's gonna get thrown off and this thing out here. to the and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, Kane had been blown off by the Big Show. Big Show picked up Raven. He was gonna choke slam him off the edge of the little entrance ramp area right there. So he picks him up. He has him up in the air, and then Kane comes around and just gives Big Show a big boot in the side of his hip and they both go over. And then Kane does the leg drop onto the Big Show and pins him for the one, two, three. Hmm. And we have, well, we had a new hardcore champion. Yeah. They try to make a point of saying that Kane went for the Big Show instead of just going over to Black to Raven. And pinning him. Yeah. Trying to set up more matches. So oh, he's got to work the crowd. Work the crowd, yeah. Work the crowd. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I swear, I thought this was just a waste of... I mean, at WrestleMania, do normally have your waste of times. Yeah. Uh, they, they have the... They were showing the WWF New York thing or whatever. That's what I was like, fuck! Like, that's... When, and now that I'm older, I'm like, hey, that kind of reminds me of when I used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings to go watch WWE pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah. But they had, like, these people from Australia, was it... Like they yeah, lose 30, 30 hours to be in Houston to watch WrestleMania, and then uh, what was the announcer? Was it oh, oh, uh, was it uh, the coach that was announced? Yeah, coach. Yeah, he's like, if you had anything to say to the people around the world, what would it be? She's like, WWF rules. I like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it used to. It's like you show that to a wrestling, and I'm quotationing in the air this, a wrestling fan this nowadays. They're going to be like, it used to be cool. Yes, it used to be cool. And we're not yeah. talking about just the Hogan era. We're not talking because me and Vincent, we will dispute this later on who the better commentator is. There's no dispute. No dispute? There's no I believe dispute. there's a dispute. No. You just haven't been schooled yet. It could be the end, the end of an era match between you and me, of verbal proportions. Okay, well, you want to lose so bad. My mama says I can be anything I want to be when I grow up. All right, let's go on in. So, next we have what I swear to God. I always remember this belt, but at this point, I, I forgot that it was still around. The European title. Yep. With Test as the champion, defending it against the one, the only, Latino Heat, Eddie yep. Guerrero. For Eddie, it's Texas. Homecoming state for him. Could you have picked a better place? I mean, nah, that was that was the best stage for that. If you wanted to go emotional, have him do it down in a valley or something. But no, this was a better decision. All right. Um, Test was lame. I'm just gonna flat out say it. Yeah. Yeah, Tesla. Uh, I found nothing interesting there. Uh, Eddie, as always, top of his game. I felt Eddie was moving a little slower, but it, I always find it that Eddie does these kind of things because he's also he's kind of a seller. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's the type of wrestler that if you're not giving a hundred percent, then he can't feed off of you. Yeah. He he needs to. Like he needs to work with what he's got. Yeah, that's. I mean, you can you can go in there and say, you know, well, he's a great wrestler would have elevated Test to the level that he needs to. But Eddie and Test weren't exactly on the same level, so Eddie had to go down to Test's level and work the way that he needed to work to get the most out of Test. You know. 
and he was able to to do that kind of thing, you know, go up and down and skills and just whatever he had to do to get the best out of his opponent. That might not necessarily be the best thing you want to see out of Eddie Guerrero or whoever he's up against, but you know, he knew what to do and when to do it. Yeah. If it was a match against Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho, it would have been a totally different match. Or Eddie yeah. versus Blackman or some you know. If it would have been Eddie versus Jericho. Wow. And that would have been a match to try to unify the European and the Intercontinental Championship at that time. That would have been an epic match. Yeah. Who ended up unifying those things? It was in a ruthless aggression era, if I remember. Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't remember who did it because I didn't whole, watch a whole lot of the ruthless aggression with thugonomics and all that bullshit. Some someday we'll talk about it. But man, yeah, I I felt Eddie wasn't on on his game. Um, it kind of sucks that at the time, because of the heel gimmick, he has to use the cheat to to win the match. But yeah. I feel like, like, like we're saying, if he was facing someone who was at Eddie's level, the match would have been more fast-paced, more interesting. So the screw job, like when they screwed Test, it would have looked or it would have felt more natural and better. Yeah. But if you're really facing a wrestler that's not that great, he's all he is is just a face. It just... I don't know. It just doesn't come off as one of yeah. his greatest, you know. Yeah. Steals. Yeah. So for some reason, it just popped into my head. Like, wouldn't it be some kind of a dream match to watch Eddie go up against AJ or Shinsuke? Oh. That would be insane if it was out of WWF or WWE. Oh, yeah. It would oh, have yeah. to be in New Japan or AEW or something. Eddie in New Japan versus Shinsuke Nakamura, that would be a dream match. That would be. Hell, I would take Eddie versus Kenny Omega, to be honest. Yeah, that would. That match would start at five stars. <laughs> start at five stars? Go up from there. So, man, okay, one thing that stood out to me in this match was a little bit of some commentating done by Paul Heyman. Yeah, it was it was when Saturn came in and, like, interfered or whatever. And then my, uh, JR is all like, you know, what do you call that? What do you call that if Eddie's so fair and this and this and that and that? And then as Eddie's going for the pin, Paul Heyman and Eddie... It's called the Moss Covered. What do you say? The Moss Covered 300 Family Producer. Producer, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Oh man, like I literally paused it, rewinded it, and was like, did he really just say that? It just yeah. played it maybe three more times, and every time it had me cracking up. Like I say, I'm a Paul Heyman commentating fan. <laughs> and I love like I remember because before him was uh, Jerry the King Lawler right yeah 
so Jerry the King Lawler would always be about the puppies, which nowadays we can't talk about the puppies. But believe me when I say this, if you're a teenager, puppies are puppies. Puppity puppies. Puppies. Can't bring back brown panties, though. So, yeah, Heyman was, through the whole pay-per-view, was making comments about Houston, or like, they saying, what was he saying? Um, it was, what was he saying? Uh, at one point, he was all like, y'all in, in, y'all in Texas with your cowboy hats. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Try to like push JR's button so bad. Try to, yeah. It's, I think that's what I like about Heyman commentating because he would push JR's buttons. He he. It, it almost seems like they would argue when it'd be JR and and the King. It, it's just like when you have the one kid that likes the one wrestler and the other kid loves the other wrestler, and yeah. of course the face and the heel commentators. But you never really had JR insult or like the king insult JR. Yeah. Which that's why the whole discussion came around because of something that happens later. Yeah. But before that, we had another match that shows the ability of wrestlers back then with one. Gold medalist Kurt Angle. Yep. And the unknown wrestler of the WWF era. Yeah, that one guy who uh we don't know what happened. He just he's not there anymore. Died. Uh apparently uh what, what WrestleMania didn't have a main event? Uh maybe that was that same year, Royal Rumble didn't have a winner either. Yeah, no. I don't know what happened. Anyway, uh, it was a good match. They, you know, both showed how great they are at grappling. Oh, and, yeah. You know, just pure wrestling with each other. And uh, it reminded me of, or it made me think about any wrestlers nowadays that could try to pull that kind of stuff off. And The only one I could think of was Zack Sabre Jr., Just like good Danielson grappling and counter grappling and holds. Danielson could too. Yeah. I yeah, think I could. think that's where WWE underutilized Danielson. Oh yeah. Or Brian Daniel for those who don't know. Of course, he should. He's an AEW, oh, so you should. Brian know. Danielson or Daniel Bryan. Or the American Dragon, right? Oh yeah, American Dragon versus. Tyler Black, baby. Good match. Whoever that is. Hey, man. What about Kevin Steen versus El Generico? El Generico. Ole, ole, ole. Ole, ole. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a good match. Went back and forth pretty good. And the first few sequences where they just kept coming in and out of each other's holds, it was good. I really liked it, but you know, 
can't really go on about the opponents. I blame the referees back in the day. Yeah. They don't know better than not get out the way. Yeah, they don't know anything. Yeah. Technical wrestlers like that nowadays, grapplers like that nowadays, it is one of the rarest things. And I believe yeah. that's what made the Attitude Era work. And it's, like I was saying, the diversity of the, the wrestlers. You could put Kurt Angle in a hardcore match, and that hardcore match will sell. Yeah. You can put Kurt Angle versus a cruiserweight, and he could still make it look good. Yep. Nowadays, you put Rey Mysterio versus who's who's someone close enough to like that kind of grappling style from in WWE. I, I say close to. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the sad part. It's like either in, in WWE right now, you're either OP, you're either fast. I think Ricochet is the only technical, like extreme high flyer, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, extreme, I guess. But you can get some aerials out of the... What is their name? Damn it. See, I'm not even a good enough fan to know Wesley and Desmond Xavier's tag team name. NSX or MMXers or whatever the hell they call themselves. He's not even Desmond Xavier. Yeah, the tag champs right now for NXT. Oh, yeah, you can get some good stuff out of them, but they haven't been tagged in tag matches. You don't see them in so like it's it seems like WWE nowadays uses like the high flyers at their best like capacity when they're attacking. If you put them on their own, it's they they don't become something Vince wants. Yeah, it it's sad because I remember like back then like a guy like even Edge he wasn't the biggest guy at the time, but he could win a belt. Rey Mysterio wasn't the biggest guy. He could win a belt. Eddie wasn't the size of Brock Lesnar, but he could. He won the belt from Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nowadays, it's like, how does the big guy lose the belt? He has to be in a in a triple threat match. Yeah. The only small guy to big guy ratio of victory you see is Roman Reigns defeating Brock Lesnar, or Roman Reigns defeating Big Show, or Roman Reigns defeating the Great Khali, or Roman Reigns. That's what yeah. I mean, though. Like, Roman Reigns is like the only character that is, I think, mid built, but OP to the max. I think he's like yeah. a broken character they put the codes on in a video game. Definitely, yeah. That That's what Roman Reigns feels like right now. And it, it sucks. Going completely off subject, but I feel like it should be said. <laughs> And with the whole Brock Lesnar thing, this is what pisses me off about Brock Lesnar. He's a heel. He's fucking unstoppable. I think Brock Lesnar is the only wrestler that can actually work as a, as a face more than a heel. Why? You can defeat Brock Lesnar as a face. He shows like he can get damaged as a face. He, he wrestles as a face. As a heel, he's just... He's like... Goldberg in the in the three moves of death. It's like John Cena in his five moves of death. 
for Brock Lesnar is the 27 uh, German suplexes to an F5 and Matt. Like, end scene. Yeah. That's, that's heel Brock Lesnar. But when you put Brock Lesnar face, he's actually wrestling. In that one WrestleMania, in one WrestleMania, he tried a shooting star press. Yeah. Landed horribly, but did he put up an amazing match versus Kurt Angle? Yes, he did. Yeah. It, that's, it's sad. That's when Vince outlawed the shooting star press, wasn't it? Uh, maybe. Because Lesnar used to do it when yeah. he first got there. But then he botched it one time and Vince was like, no more. Landed right on his neck. I mean, he landed on his head. He just fucked up his neck completely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Pace Lesnar is better than Hill Lesnar. And the reason I kept bringing all this up because I'm so sorry. Well, we didn't even say Kurt Angle won the match, by the way. Yeah, Kurt Angle and, won. Yeah. And the uh, European title, we didn't even say who won that match either, but it was. Oh, it was Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie won. It was Eddie. It had to be Eddie. Time. Yeah. Because the next match, as back then we used to call it, not to sound sexist, we used to call this the bathroom break. Yep. It would be the women's title match. Because they never let him do hardly anything. Yeah, and they would he would give him five minutes max. So that I mean, that was that was the bad thing. Uh, the women's revolution of wrestling has come a long way from what that used to be to what 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 it is now. Yeah, it's 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 come a long way, and I'm I'm glad it's it's gone the way it has right now. Oh yeah, yeah, because there's a ton of very talented women wrestlers that. You know, you see nowadays, but you couldn't see them back then. Even if the ones back then were as good as they are now, you know, you would never have known. You saw some that had skill, but they just never let them. Never, never let them. He never let them do anything. True, but let's be also honest. China versus Ivory. If there was a squash match, that was it. Yeah. Every WrestleMania has a squash match. And this was this squash match for this pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, not really. It was, I mean, it was a little bit because it was Ivory from right to censor. If it was the other Ivory, you know, she could go a bit. Yeah. She had those matches with Lita and stuff like that. Like, you know, Lita was a good wrestler. I'm not saying there weren't good wrestlers back then, but just they just didn't get a chance. You know, a lot of the Trish and Lita matches were really good, but just the shame of the times. Shame of the times. Shame of McMahon, too. McMahon. Always comes down to that name. Speaking of McMahon. That motherfucker. We had son versus father. Oh, China won the belt, by the way. I mean, we already called it a squash. <laughs> that should have been a given. Yeah, well, you know. Was that her first time winning the belt? No, it was probably her second, right? The women's I think title? It was her second, yeah. So, yeah. McMahon versus <laughs> me. Uh, no, I was just thinking the same shit like, like I was saying earlier dream matches. Despite the tragedy, what would you 
how would they do that today if it was a uh, China versus Nia Jax? Neither one of them work for the company anymore. Mm. China, because she passed away, and Nia Jax just got fired just the other day. Wasn't it today? It was yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. So she gets for botching almost every match. Every fucking match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Charles almost or freaking I I pay too much attention to the stupid wrestling boards and they got a bad mouth. Charlotte Flair. But Charlotte almost sends Kyrie Sane to the hospital and <laughs> she's still Yeah. Fucking that's the reason Kyrie had to retire. Yep. But she gets the belt. She gets to match her old man's record. 16 championships and whatever. She's going to be the one to beat it. Lame. And she already beat it. She already beat his record of plastic surgeries. That's the damn truth. I don't care what oh. Lo says. She's had more fucking work than a lot of people. Oh, all right, let's go back to McMahon versus McMahon. <laughs> oh. oh man, please give us a second while we hear a word from our sponsor. <laughs> I gotta get me that jersey. I'm sorry. James be coming out with those baseball jerseys, and I always wanted one. 
Yeah, do it. You guys uh, got to find the old black one. Yeah. The feud came out because this is, to me, one of the best times. You can't even say the Monday Night Wars anymore, but it's the dream Monday night we wanted. Yeah. It was the beginning of the WCW, WWF actually about to go at it. Uh, McMahon, Vince tried to buy out the company, his um, WCW, but got <laughs> duped up by Shane McMahon. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. I mean, I, I, mean thought it was, I thought it was an amazing angle. Yeah, it was a great angle. It's just like, how much credence do you want to give it as actual, factual? This really is exactly what happened. I mean, I'm sure Vince bought Turner out, and then they were like, okay, what do we do? Okay, well, let's have Shane buy him, technically, quote unquote, and then uh, we'll go from there. And that's what worked up the whole storyline following WrestleMania yeah. with the invasion angle and all that. Shane went up to his dad. Hey, dad, I've been working on a new move. I want to try out. I want to be in a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Now we got the um, invasion thing. Uh, when I first saw the the poster for that pay-per-view invasion, it just looked so messed up to me. And I was like, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it until I actually stopped and looked and it took me a while to figure out that it was Vince and Shane's faces molded together. I thought Vince was just having a bad makeup day or some shit. He had a stroke, so half of his face <laughs> half his face tightened up and the other half loosened up, yeah. But now it was you know, they showed in the pay per view it was Vince pulling shit with Trish Stratus and trying to cheat on Linda so he had her medicated and that's when Shane came back and like I'm gonna fucking take this away from you and since Vince wanted to sign the paperwork of ownership of WCW at Wrestlemania Shane went in there before him and bought the company according to the storyline well A little birdie told me that that should have been the beginning of the invasion. Yeah. What did you know yeah. about the beginning of the invasion? Yeah, well, I've heard it was supposed to start there and they were all going to come in at WrestleMania and and that's where they were going to be in, invading and you know trying to take over. But something happened. It didn't work out right. So that's why right before the match, Shane's like, hey, let me give a shout out to all the WCW people up there. Like, They didn't show them for a while when he was like, I'm going to shout them out. And he's like pointing at yeah, them. They just kind right of pointed in that general direction. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, 40 seconds later, okay, yeah, now we found a camera that can zoom in over there. And then they didn't even do anything but turn the camera around and zoom from the stage or from the ring and then after the match is when they finally got a camera up to the skybox where they were and then you could see like Stacy Keebler and uh, Bill DeMott and Lance Storm and all them uh, it was one of those guys one of them fucked up he was there too that night I forgot his name <laughs> 
Not Lance Storm. It's one of the other ones. Bill DeMott? No. You didn't say his name. Uh, I don't know who you're trying to talk about. He's a, he's a, like a blonde dude. Blonde dude in WCW? He was in WCW, yeah. Like, you're not talking about Kurt Hanning, are you? No. Mr. Perfect. Young, Young, Young guy. guy. Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you didn't say Sting, we'll be fine. Oh, no, no. Sting wasn't that young. Oh, it was DDP, right? DDP was older than Sting, jackass. I know, I know. No, but it was one of those guys. He he fucked up because they actually flew them all out because the invasion was about to start. Vince was about to send everybody home. Was that Lance Hoyt? No. He sounded Canadian or French. Oh, Lance Storm was Canadian. It wasn't Lance Storm. French? Talking about... Um, Montreal Screwjob? But he went on air. Like, I don't know if it was a TV show or a radio, and he blurted out about the invasion. Uh, that that's the reason why they were going there. They were going to be there because they were going to invade. McMahon got furious, apparently. I figures. And he just halted that whole idea. And apparently he was going to send everybody back home, but figured he already bought the damn tickets for everybody. <laughs> They're just there. And um, I remember when he was in WWF, WWE. Uh, I remember even what culture made a joke about him talking about that. That's why they had him always running into walls. Like his whole career was just bullshit there. Hmm. Looking yeah. it up? Well, I'm looking up something. I see something about Sean Stasiak. Sean Stasiak, yeah. That's the guy. That's the guy, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's showing him with the other wrestlers up there. Do through. Yeah, he he done he done goof and fucking gave out the storyline. Yep. Say so did a local radio station interview in Tampa. Idiot. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Well, I mean. I would have literally been looking for another company to work for. <laughs> you don't fuck with a McMahon, for real. No offense. Yeah. Like, for real, real time. As much shit as we talk about McMahon and all that, how he fucked over WWE, WWF. If he was my literal boss. Yeah, if you're in the business, you got to do what he says. Because that's yeah. just the way it is. It's like freaking. It's like if I work for him, he's the greatest mind that's ever lived. He's shit, man. There's no, there's not a bad idea that comes out that guy's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that to his face, but not twenty four seven. 
yeah. When I get home from my wife, I would. Yeah, there's other jobs like that where you got to tow the company line or you got to do what they want you to do or else you're freaking out of there. But whatever. Yeah. Sean Stasiak was talking about all that stuff and trying to promote everything because he was getting asked by the radio people about the whole WCW thing and and they mentioned something about an invasion and that's when he, I guess, spilled the beans thinking he was doing something good for the company, but nope. Idiot. Well, that match went accordingly the way I thought it would. Jane goes through a table. He goes through the Spanish announce table. Yeah, that Spanish announce table got screwed twice. Yeah. First the the main table, and then they set up one of those temporary TLC tables, and that's got screwed up. That was in the Undertaker match, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, Shane goes through the table. And he's just laying there, laying there, and all of a sudden, Trish double crosses Vince McMahon. I was so happy about that. That, that needed to end. I felt bad for Trish at that point. Oh yeah. I, I mean, she paid with... her dues though. She paid her dues. Oh, she did. I mean, it's just another part of the job. I mean. I doubt he did things extra behind the scenes yeah. with her. Not with his wife sitting right there, quote unquote comatose. <laughs> oh man. McMahon's like the, the the very first Rob Zombie. That Rob Zombie lets his wife, you know, make out with every guy in all his movies. He guy literally pays his wife to make out with other people. Hey man, some dudes get off on that shit. But anyway, uh, yeah. we find out Vince during the show he had said to double medicate Linda, but Trish didn't give her any medication because she was Linda was put into the ring by Vince after he had Trish and Stephanie run off McFoley, the special guest referee. And that was shit. supposed to be a match between Vince and Foley, right? The whole thing was supposed to be Vince and Foley. Yeah, uh, uh, the idea was thrown to Foley about having the match. Like that December, they had they they pitched him the idea, and Foley thought, ah, I already have my retirement match. You know, I I don't think I should. I don't think it's the right time for me to do something like this. He he <laughs> did go eventually on to say that he regretted not having the match. Yeah. But if you look at it now, it wouldn't really go any other way. Yeah. Nah, he was alright. He wouldn't have lost any face going back. Hmm? Nobody would have hated him coming back into the ring for oh, a yeah, fight against right. McMahon. Shit, every time he every time he uh <laughs> every comes back, his pops are amazing. His pops are epic. Yeah. So you were saying? Uh, oh yeah, he gets he gets McMahon he gets Linda in the ring, props her on a chair so she can watch Vince beat the shit out of Shane, and that's when 
they turn the tables after he beats Shane a little bit in the ring. They turn the tables and Linda steps up and, hey, I'm not comatose anymore. And Vince has to stand there looking all dumbfounded. And then she's staring at him and he's staring at her and she's staring at him and she like motions her head and he goes, oh, yeah, and spreads his legs apart and then she kicks him in the nuts. I mean, would you trust your wife to do that to you? Yeah. I wouldn't. She'll well, think of something. She'd be like, you didn't wash the dishes today. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you deserve. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like, hey, this is for the show. Oh, all right. But uh, that's when Shane gets Vince into the corner and does his first ever coast to coast onto the trash can, kicking it into Vince McMahon. Foley comes back. One, two, three. Shane wins. It became a very recurring theme, though. Team WWF did not win anything after that until the Survivor Series match of that year. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's cool. It's whatever. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like thinking, nah, there's no way. There's, is he really going to try to jump on? There's no fucking way. When Shane did the rope to rope, coast to coast, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and kicked that trash can, I didn't think there was any way he could really fucking do it. And then he did it, and I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, it and, looks pretty uh, epic. Just, I feel it's very hard to execute. Like, you know, like what I mean by hard to execute, I mean, it, it's a hard move to get people into. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I had a. Uh, th- have you ever seen that show uh, photo shoot on WWE? Mm-hmm. What they do is they take a, a superstar and they put them in front of a, or they put them on a chair and then in front of them is a projector screen or something like that. And then they'll show them a picture and the picture will be them as a kid. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember when this picture was taken. I was 12 years old and I was you know, throwing bottles at cats in the alleyway and breaking skulls, whatever. And they took a photo of me right before I got caught by the cops. You know, whatever. They just tell a story about the photo that they see. And they did the one with Shane. And they showed the coast, the the match. And that's when he revealed the origin of the move. He said it was a, he was just training one day in the ring and Paul Heyman walked by and just said, Hey, you think you can jump from that rope to that rope from one side to the other? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. And then Heyman mentioned something about Rob Van Dam using a springboard to do the same kind of thing. And Shane was like, I guess. And he started trying it. He would get like three quarters of the way to the other ring. And then kept going, and then Paul was like, all right, I'll see you later. And everybody left, and he just stayed there all night working on it until he got the move down. But it just started as a bet between him and Paul Heyman. He said now he can do it just like nothing. Got that leg muscle. Yep. I mean, we've seen him do it 
even at his age, his old age. Yeah. So it it's something. Yeah. It's a move. I mean, I never. There's not. I've never seen really any other wrestler do that kind of thing. I've seen them jump outside of the ring and they jump, you know, whatever. I've seen dudes take falls from. You're like, how the fuck did they get up there? But Shane is the king of falls. Yeah. Even more than that. One time, Undertaker threw McFoley off the hell in a cell. Shane's tried the elbow drop. Tell <laughs> yeah. hell in the cell. Yeah. Jumping off the Titan Tron. The only other thing I can match Shane with, as far as as far as you know, like what the fuck wrestling height things was this one triple a mania that i watched i don't even remember who the dude was but he like got onto the scaffolding on the lights above the ring and then they pulled that bitch up another 20 or 30 feet and then he just jumped off the top of that shit onto all the other wrestlers in the ring Yeah. It's out there. If if somebody's Google Foo is good enough, they can find that. <laughs> All right. After that, we had the TLC two. Yep. Wow. You thought the hardcore match and the street fight was something? <laughs> Those are like baby matches compared to that train wreck. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it had a lot of good spots in it. I had a, yeah. a few messed up spots, but there was there was a lot. Of I good mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, yeah, you can't control. Peace, it's like rest in peace, Spike Dudley's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it Edge? Edge was like the worst tragedy of that match was Spike's teeth. <laughs> and i hadn't heard the see my wife's totally more into the behind the scenes and trying to figure out all the motivations and all this other shit and she listened to a podcast and it was edge i think talking about edge or christian one of them it was one of the guys in the match talking about how they were trying to work out the match beforehand and they said, why don't we have Devon hanging from the rope or hanging from the belts? And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. I fucking he was terrified of heights. And they wanted him up there. And he's like, no, I'm not fucking doing it. And so they worked out the match and they're like, this is the only thing that makes sense with how the finish has to happen. You have to go up there. He's like, all right, all right. And they, you know, they got him up there and then. Edge was up there with him, and Edge is kicking him. He's like, stop fucking kicking me. Stop kicking me. He's like crying, hanging on to the belts until they knocked him down. Well, did everybody go through a table in that match except Lita and uh, and Devon? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody went through a table. Um, yeah, of course, Jeff Hardy knocked out some teeth. That yeah. not my fault. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was pretty cool what he did though. He had like he did it also at the his return WrestleMania. Uh, had the the two the two ladders put together 
and he swanton bombed off the ladders onto our, I think it was a sorrow and Sheamus. Yeah. At that WrestleMania when he returned. What a pop though. That's one of the what the fuck unexpected WrestleMania moments of all time for me. Oh yeah, when they came out, that was like the biggest pop just about ever. It was like ridiculous. I mean, I still when I was watching this one, their music started up and it just instantly came back to my mind. Being at your place and we're all just sitting around like, okay, who's coming out? And that hits and everybody just fucking flips their shit. Like the music, my wife. wife was the. I remember my wife was the only one like, "What's going on? What's going on? Why is everybody cheering?" Like nobody like, for the whole pay per view, none of us even like. We, I mean, we were watching it, we were eating, we were we were talking. talking. Let's be honest. Yeah. And going. And as soon as we hear all of us were like, "What?" And we're cheering. My wife's the only one like. What the fuck is literally going on? Yeah. And I and I had to like sit there and explain to her, these are the Hardy Boys. <laughs> you know, these are the kings of the ladder match. And my wife was all like, oh, I don't know what you of course my wife's not a wrestling fan like all of us. But it it was still like I, I thought it was funny. Like our reactions were hilarious. Like everybody had their own shock reaction. That was like the greatest part. Like I remember looking around. I think it was like 10 or 15 of us in, in my living room. Yeah. And all of us like just fucking lost it. And then everyone's in shock and my wife has that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that made me just, I wish I had a camera that would have just taken a picture of that moment. Yeah. That would have been kind of nice. So, yeah. Uh, Matt had to get stitches. He had to get staples on his head for a head wound. I think I guess Edge and Kristen got used to the ladder matches. I I, I believe uh, I, it was on the Edge and Christian show or something that I remember. I don't know if it was that or it was like uh, one of those uh, movies DVDs they did for for them or whatever, uh, like this rated R uh, documentary or whatever. Yeah, it was uh, Edge and Chris, uh Edge had mentioned that when they won the year before that, they won the ladder match. And when they were on top of the two ladders with the table, yeah. uh, she was telling Christian to stand up, you know, like, so they can hoist the belt. But Christian's legs were giving out on him at that point. <laughs> he couldn't even stand up. Like, that's how brutal that match was. Yeah. They went into that SummerSlam to have TLC won, and it broke expectation. So yeah. you can consider this one the trilogy of the, of the, the matches. And usually by this point, you know, the match cannot get any better, can't get any, you know, we've seen everything. We've Everything's been done. Mm-hmm. But the chaos that happened in this match, it's like, I don't, me and Vince could just do a whole episode just talking about it. I'm pretty sure, folks, because we're going to have to try to finish the rest of this paper yeah, review. Yeah, yeah, we're a little long, but yeah. No, I mean, with when Spike ran in and then fucking Rhino's like, well, I'm not going to just sit in the back when this little guy's out there and then Lita coming in to kick some ass too. And it's just like everybody had a third member of their tag team in there. And it's like Marvel versus Capcom. You always had that third member jump in yep. as a backup. Yeah. And it all just, it flowed. It didn't see any of it really seemed fake or, or forced or anything like that. 
you know, I did forget because, like, you know, you watch it and everything. You see them setting up spots, and you can do it now where you're like, okay, this guy is the one that set the chair in front of the turnbuckle, so he's going to wind up going into it somehow later on in the match. But some of those tables and ladder, you set them up, and you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Like when Devon and Bubba Ray set the four tables up outside the ring towards the ramp, they didn't do anything with it. And then till the very end when Bubba Ray and Matt fell off that 20-foot ladder from almost the center of the damn ring. Well, yeah. Well, you say that, yeah, it's true. Like, it it almost seems like they did set the stuff up. You you see it. But matches nowadays, what they do is you see it happen like five seconds later. A minute later, like, yeah, there's like, no long term setup. Yeah, but in this match, things got set up. You forgot it was so much shit was going on. You're like, you yeah. forgot all about those damn tables. And then when you see them falling, you're like, oh shit, where are they? Oh shit, the tables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're like, oh, they're gonna fucking die. I oh, don't no, wait. The tables they set up. But it was, yeah, it was good. And Christian wound up winning again. And Heyman was like, Christian single-handedly went up that ladder and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw Rhino carrying his ass up there. Christian wasn't doing shit but moving his arms. I, 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 I agree with Paul Heyman. Yeah, okay. You would. <laughs> oh, man. Let's call you Roman Reigns now. That led to one of the other filler matches in this WrestleMania, which it's it is it didn't have as many filler or time wasting elements in it as that one in San Francisco did, where they're trying to make it dark for the Undertaker to come out. I can't remember which one that was, but that was ridiculous. That was the one. Before he lost to Lesnar, I think. Yeah, when he went up against Bray. So that's why they needed it dark, was both of them had the dark entrances, and Bray had to have his damn Firefly bullshit going on. Hmm. But that's a different WrestleMania. Yeah. So get back to this one. Next is the gimmick battle royale, which I think is a dumb name for it because every wrestler has to have a fucking gimmick or else they don't make it big. But I guess they were trying to go with different gimmicks. Let's be honest, nowadays everybody has some gimmick. Yeah, everybody has a gimmick. Everybody's something, but I don't think just being a hillbilly or just being a Russian guy is like that's a gimmick. Well, I mean, there are people in Russia and there are fucking hillbillies that like wrestling. Can't deny either of those. Not to mention the Iron Sheik. Oh, 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 oh. The Iron Sheik Twitter account is one of the greatest accounts of all time. Oh, yeah. When I made my Twitter account, he was like the first guy I followed. Because of all That's the Sheik. That's the greatest thing. Yeah, I mean. He's he's always all over the place with all his shit. He put out a few today. 
few last night. You put one out when the Astros lost. All right, here's one he put out 21 hours ago, just like we practiced. Go fuck yourself. Gotta love the sheep, man. Gotta love the sheep. You know, take a minute of your day to be nice to someone, you dumb son of a bitch. He's always a positive thing. Positive dude, man. He's a very positive dude. Here we go. In the best of times, go fuck yourself. That's poetry. That's fucking poetry, yo. Poetry. He's our uh, the greatest poet of all time. Our modern day Shakespeare. The Iron. Yeah, he's modern day Shakespeare. Here's one he put out November second. Atlanta Braves, the Iron Sheik class. (laughs) All the Iron Sheik wants for Christmas is for you to go fuck yourself. That needs to be a shirt. Yep. That needs to be a shirt. Anyway, so we get the gimmick battle royale with, like I said, Hillbilly Jim, Nikolai Volkov, Iron Sheik, um, Earthquake, Tugboat, the Gobbledygooker. They get they showed the history of the Gobbledygooker. His his uh, hatching. Yeah, and uh, just for this match, they had special guest referees: Miji Nokerland and the greatest heel commentator of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yo, I Yo. was cra- I was cracking up. When, whenever the sheik was coming out, and was it Bobby the Brain Heenan was all like, "Is this man ever gonna get to the?" Yeah, thing? yeah. that was Bobby. <laughs> oh, man, hey, Bobby was saying some shit that like, Gene, Mean Gene was just like, "Uh, uh, like I can't respond to that." I feel like he was already censored at the moment. Yeah, and that's pretty much how Bobby the Brain Heenan was. All the time. That's why, like, there's a big consensus that he's the greatest heel announcer of all time. You know, Jerry Lawler was a heel. Um, uh, what's his name? Jimmy. Fucking, not Jimmy. What was his name? The 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 governor. Your heart. Ventura. Oh, uh, I'm thinking of Gorilla Monsoon. Not Gorilla Monsoon. Well, no, Gorilla Monsoon is just was just his play-by-play. Gorilla Monsoon was a play-by-play straight man to Bobby the Brain Heenan. And then Jesse Ventura is his name. He was the first wrestler I saw with all those feather boas. I think Hollywood Hulk Hogan stole his gimmick from Jesse Ventura. Hmm. And then, you know, you got, like I said, the King. You got Corey Graves. He's kind of a heel announcer. Michael Cole was a heel at one point. One of the most annoying, one of the annoying of the heels, but commentators, but. Yeah, well, but like I'm, I'm getting, 
side knowledge over here is like Jesse Ventura, he was the very first heel announcer, but that's because he had an accident, you know, something go on in the ring where he almost died and he had a disease or something and he could not wrestle it anymore. Mm. So since he was a heel character, they made him a heel announcer. You know, Vince was play by play back then. Oh, yeah. So he was the straight man. And it wasn't until the Montreal screw job where he got exposed as the owner of the company. And same thing with the King. The King was the heel perverted commentator. And it wasn't until his heart fiasco on the air that Michael Cole had to break character and just like, uh, no, something's wrong. And, you know, he came back not the same. You know, he wasn't a heel anymore. He was just Jerry Lawler, you know. And Michael Cole kind of went heel for a little while, but yeah, he was, you know, that's when Michael Cole broke because he was more the heel than King at that time. And he had to come out like give the real deal to the fans and he couldn't just be an asshole from that point on. Speaking of Michael Cole, do you like the Frosted Tips? He was new metal, bro. Until uh, he was into that new metal shit. He wasn't into new metal. He was more than into the Backdoor Boys. I mean, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys? It's funny. I actually used to listen to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, that explains a lot. That explains a lot. But I can't remember any of the songs to save my life. Imagine that. I highly doubt what you're spitting out, but you know, if that's your story, that's fine. No, no, I can't. I, I remember. Uh, bye, yeah, bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I don't remember any. Uh, who doesn't remember? Bye, bye, bye. I don't, because I didn't listen to that shit. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mister. I only listen to L- Led the Pitch Mode. No. Back the then, Q. I was listening to Les Mis, Corn, and Static X. Oh, so you were into that new metal shit? I wasn't listening to Limp Biscuit much. Yeah, early 2000s like was Johnny Cole. Uh, not really. I listened to Saliva to piss off one of my friends. Because he used to hate the fuck out of Saliva, so I'd throw shit on there. Oh, yeah, he didn't like Drown to Pull that much, so I would I would play that. Let the body. Let the body. Yeah. Yeah, I'd play all that shit just to piss people off. I was, I'm I a fun to... friend. Huh? I said, I'm a fun friend. I do shit to piss you off. Uh, I, oh, I, I know that. I, I hang out with you on a morning basis. I just troll the fuck out of people. But you gotta admit, the 2000s also had Cold. That's a badass band. Cold, yeah, yeah. They're fucking awesome. That's I like thing. that, uh, that album Even they put out. The, one album. Hmm? the album that Cold put out last year. Yeah. 
I heard I heard a couple songs on it. I, I didn't get to hear the whole. I didn't finish the whole thing. Stained? Yeah, I never got a stained at all. I only liked the one album was that Break the Cycle. Yeah, well, I did like Mud Shovel. The song. What was that? Yeah, that was the name of his song. That song, right? The one is a you take away or whatever. I don't know. Um, the crying out, my mother, my father, and all that, whatever. Oh, no, you're talking about to my mother. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's on break. It's same. your son or it's your daughter. I used to actually know how to play that song. You'll remember it. I remember that's like the only song. I, that's the reason I wanted a five string bass. Yeah. And I was thinking about it earlier because I, or not earlier, but uh, like Sunday I was, Saturday I was listening to some Smiths and I decided to learn how to play uh, Death of a Disco Dancer. So I got that one down and I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, the Smiths were just like your normal band. They were, yeah, they were sad boys and stuff like that, but, you know, it's like, different versions of each other is what I was thinking. Like a sad Morrissey would be Robert Smith. And then Robert Smith, if you got him depressed, he would have Tom York. If you get Tom York depressed, he's the guy from Muse. Uh, Robert Pat from Robert uh, Smith. Yeah. I forget his name. Whatever. <sighs> We're going off on tangents. <laughs> All right, we had this whole conversation, but a battle royal was going on, apparently. Yeah, so we were, you know, doing our own thing. The battle royal's going on, and everybody's getting thrown over the ropes. Dude, fastest battle royal ever. Okay, I know I've seen the SmackDown one where they had like like 30 people in the ring at once to try to get a number one contender. Yeah. And that bitch lasted longer than this one. Well, I mean, you're not talking about guys. Excuse me, you're not talking about guys in their prime. And this match is going on at WrestleMania three, right? You know, maybe, but yeah, no. The sheik they was in his everybody prime. get the hell out of there. Okay, man. Yeah. Dude, I think Paul Heyman's the one who said it. Oh no, oh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, ah. yeah. The brain said it. It's like, I've never seen people get tossed over the ropes faster than I have in this match. Because, like, it, it, it was, I, I feel like if you would have had, like, all the different camera angles, I don't think the cameras could have kept up with it so bad. Because it's like some dude got tossed out. You, you, you couldn't even, you didn't even realize it. You're like, hey, what happened yeah. to that dude? You wouldn't have seen everybody get tossed out. You're just like, oh, okay, he's not here. Oh, wait, he's not there and whatever. It's not like the Andre the Giant like Memorial Battle Royal where like you see everyone get tossed out. Everyone who gets tossed out gets mentioned. This battle royal, the first dude that went out didn't even mention him. Yeah. So, I don't remember who went out first. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. I, I, I remember seeing one of the Bushwhackers go first. Uh, I mean, when the first bushwhacker went, or was it the second? By that point, I couldn't. 
Like I, I just remember seeing one of them go out. I don't remember what happened to the the first or the second one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It don't really matter. I mean, like we discussed, there's some of these matches are just there to try and get the crowd pumped up or not go to sleep or just waste a little bit of time. Shit like yeah. that. This was one of those time wasters. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if at the time there was no WWE Network. If you wanted to watch a pay-per-view, it was 60 bucks a month. Yeah. 50 bucks a month that you had to spend on watch a pay-per-view. So your best bet was go to your friend's house who stole cable. Or go to your... Jeez, one time I went... <laughs> one time I tried, this guy is like, let's go watch a pay-per-view. Like, all right, sure. He's like, we're going to go somewhere. Like, okay, where are we going? We're going to a fucking strip club. We went to the strip club down 45 and he fucking was like, yeah, it's going to be right here. And then it didn't show up. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do now. So we called the manager at the place we were working out. And then we wound up going over to his trailer and watched it. Trailer park in Pasadena. That was nice. I'm so disappointed. Nah, I mean, it was alright. It wasn't like a WrestleMania or... I don't even remember what the fucking pay-per-view was. It was cold. I remember wearing a jacket, so it might have been Night of Champions or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was it was a pretty fast battle royal. Um, it was entertaining, regardless. I, I yeah. thought it was entertaining. Uh, some of the faces I knew, some I didn't. Uh, it, it did. It does pique my curiosity. When I was younger, it didn't really pique my curiosity. But now I'm like, what made these guys so cool? Like, what? Why were they there? I know some yeah. of them were just like jobbers, maybe. But I, it, it's kind of cool to go back to that history because. Sometimes you find out where some of the finishers have now come from. Because nowadays, finishers aren't original. It's, it's somebody's move from the past. Yep. So it's always good to, to go back to that. So to the Battle Royal, I I appreciate th- those kind of things, especially around the WrestleMania time. It, it, since it's a, such a big thing and a lot of people are trying to tune into that, it, it gives... Uh, knowledge to the younger crowd of where the wrestlers come from. Yeah, it's almost like whenever we get the um, the Royal Rumbles and we get like when Diesel came out, fucking pop that hand. Yeah, yeah. People were probably thinking, "Hey, that's that's Kevin Ash." Yeah, but fucking it's Diesel. It was Diesel first, yeah. So, and- Good thing he didn't pop his quads going down the ramp. So for that we had the second Limp Biscuit song to premiere. Oh yes. WrestleMania. Well, first we got the the good one. First we got Motorhead playing. Oh yes, most definitely have. Oh, man. Yeah. I thank Mortarhead for me playing like chords on the bass. 
And a lot of people always come out saying that Motorhead is like some of the hardest bass music to play. No, it's not. Yes and no. It's just the strumming, my good sir. It's just the strumming. Okay. So, but it's cool to see, you know, Triple H. Triple H, if you guys did not know, is a fucking metalhead. And it's it's weird because you know how he when he first premiered he came out with the um with the Hunter Helms yeah, like, Hunter Hunter Hurst Hurst Helmsley. Helmsley. Upper um, class thing. Posh. That kind of thing guy. Mr. Better than you comes from money guy. That's what he was when he first came out, but it quickly turned into you can suck it. Yeah, DX. Which was not a bad turn. No. Oh, I'm gonna... uh, Yeah, but then, you know, Motorhead plays out, Triple H, he goes out of the ring, and then we got here, fucking Limp Bizkit again. What do you think of that change? I mean, from for Undertaker to American yeah. Badass? Yeah. Ah, I thought it was ridiculous. But I mean, he had to do, he wanted to do something else, and so he made it his own, and it's like after a while it grew on you, you know. But I mean, the last bride grew on. It's because a guy of his stature doing it, I can see them motherfucker hurting. Oh yeah, yeah. And like you've had people do power bombs, and like even short people do some power bombs. It just they never look devastating. But like when you have a guy the size of the Undertaker. Like okay, like Scott Hall when he did like the um the, the Celtic Cross, which was his power bomb pretty much that whatever he called it, the knife edge power yeah. bomb. Whenever he did that, it looked devastating. But at the same time, he like it would only look devastating whenever he did like to Shawn Michaels or someone shorter than him. Yeah. Like he would do it to someone sometimes like his almost his size. It was he was he was a tall it was a tall dude, but not too tall. Yeah. So it, it when it was someone close to his size and he would do uh, the jackknife power bomb, yeah. Whenever he'd do yeah, it to jack- one of them, it just it never looked so devastating, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, I know. So like but a guy like Kevin Nash, the Undertaker, Kane, whenever especially like when those choke slams from all the way up there to down, it that they look powerful enough. Like oh, I've yeah. seen some wrestlers, like the six, like six five wrestlers, do the choke slam and eh, can look like that. But almost everybody's your same size. It just doesn't feel. Yeah, and that's it, one that like, route. If I would, if I was doing that kind of wrestling shit, I would want to be choke slammed by the Undertaker or Big Show just to fucking be ten. 12 feet in the air, I'm like, okay, this is going to fucking hurt. I don't know. I always thought of myself like if 
If I was in a wrestling match versus The Undertaker, that would be like my dream match. Yeah. And then I probably would botch the ending because when The Undertaker goes for the choke slam and I'm in midair, instead of like having a frightful look on my face, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be like yeah. the fan in me, you know? Oh, yeah. Just like fucking when, you know, they did the Raw reunions and Jake the Snake came out and they all beat the hell out of the shield and then Jake the Snake threw the snake on top of Dean Ambrose and he's fucking sitting there corpsing. They're trying to show him all scared or knocked out or whatever, but he can't get that damn smile off his face. You know who's another guy that sold it for the for the for the old school generation? Slater. He's Slater, yeah. The one man band guy? Yeah. He had a lot of fun with it, bro. Like he would, he always mentioned how much fun he had on that. Oh yeah, he looked like he was having fun. He had a lot of good gimmicks, like with his "I got kids." One of the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Triple H, Undertaker. Okay, when we said TLC two was a hardcore match. This was a fucking hardcore match without even being sanctioned as a hardcore match. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Triple H pulling that sledgehammer out, trying to get Undertaker with it. Till he finally did get him with it. Yeah. Which I thought it looked hilarious when he when he Undertaker was going for the last ride, Triple H had the sledgehammer. Whacks him in the back of the head, and then Slash Hammer does like this entire like fucking spin in midair. It's, it's it looks so cool, <laughs> but it's like now watching it. Well, as a young kid, I was like, this is so badass. And as an adult, I'm like, how the fuck is that heavy ass Slash Hammer bouncing off like that? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. How's it just like so, jumping off him and twirling out there like that? But, yeah, he hits him with the hammer, it flow, throws out and everything, and then they both fall down, and Triple H goes for the cover, and he can't get it. And then that's when Undertaker throws him back up and gives him another last ride. But that one ended the match. So, yeah. Oh, man. It, that was his ninth victory, right? Uh, I can't remember. Ninth or tenth. Whatever. I think, yeah, he was, he was eight, oh, uh, eight and oh at the time. Eight and oh, then yeah, nine and oh. That's what he was after. That was the first time he beat Triple H at WrestleMania, but not the last. That was the first time Triple H was actually trying to, that it was brought up that Triple H had never beaten The Undertaker in a one on one match. Yeah. Which I thought was actually like, I thought that was going to be the end right there. I thought, I thought that was going to be the time Triple H was actually in the winning. Hmm. 
which we ended up having Triple H versus The Undertaker three times at WrestleMania. Yeah. Two times after that. Uh, one of those times, I swear, like the last time they were at WrestleMania. Oh, man. I'll, I'll shit in the break. Yeah. But we're going to move on. That's for another time. Yeah. Because uh, it looks like we're about to start talking almost the whole damn thing as long as a pay-per-view will last. Exactly. So it is the... Maybe one of them, I can call it one of my top five, in, within my top five, maybe top three moments of my childhood that, which I was disappointed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like the biggest shock to me. It was the world heavyweight title match, the WWF title match between Rock and Stone Cold. It was apparently the match Stone Cold had to win. Yeah. It was, he had suffered an injury, so he had to come back, get this title, and get the win, get he, everything had to go for him. Uh, the Rock had just been angled for the belt. And see, that's one thing I loved about The Rock. Yeah, he was a Vince guy. But he's not like a Roman Reigns or a Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And what I mean about that is, like, Vince could have just OP'd The Rock, too. But The Rock, he lost matches. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he wasn't, he could be OP at times. He had, he, he it almost like if he had stats for The Rock, it, The Rock's resilient stance would be, like, through the roof. Yeah, because he he could go and he could beat the hell out of whoever he had to or wanted to or whatever that. But, you know, he also did get his licks and he wasn't an unstoppable monster. And that's one thing about the main eventers back then, too. It wasn't OP characters. It was characters that the heels outsmarted you. Yeah. The face would do it by the book or turn the heels work against them. Yeah. And it was always kind of, it was, it was, it felt like watching or reading a comic book. I'm not gonna lie. That's what it felt like to me. Like it always felt like in this episode, will Batman lose? Will he win? (laughs) You know, like when you see a face and they go, will he beat the Riddler? Will he beat the Joker or whatever? But it was, it was also, it was also at a time when finishers actually fucking mattered. Yeah. Like, the only time you would ever kick out of a finisher would be WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And you probably had a limit of three. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. It's almost like, like let's say you play like a WWF game. Mm-hmm. And if you were like still in the green, they hit you with a finisher, he still <laughs> could kick out easily. Yeah. Compared to like whenever you're in the red and you're in the little bars like going back forth, back forth, and you're like yes. yeah. trying to get it in. And I think that was I can't even remember now, but it was another Jake the Snake thing and I saw him talking to someone and he was talking about that stuff and 
It might have been Dean Ambrose too, because he was talking about the DDT, and someone was saying they would hit him, hit a couple DDTs, and then Jake the Snake. Well, that's the difference. When I did a DDT, you didn't get up. And that goes back to like what I was saying with the finishers. Finishers used to mean something. Now they're just like another move in the arsenal. Oh, he did a Hurricane Rana. Oh, he did the Diamond Cutter. Okay, well, there's another Hurricane Rana. Yeah, like the Luchadors will use the uh, like the Frankenstein style Hurricane Rana to win matches. You know what I'm talking about? No, what do you mean? Like when they're on the top rope and they're just like, Flip them with the Hurricanrana. Uh-huh. Like the Frankenstein. You know, that's what they call it, the Frankenstein. Yeah, the Frankensteiner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'll be honest. I've had to edit one episode to make it into two. This is WrestleMania we're talking about. Hey, it is the full event. But we do it the full event in one, one sit-in. Yeah, sorry, people. This is going to be a long one. I mean, we're talking about WrestleMania. X7, 17. However, you want to say before anybody starts throwing a fit. Leave angry comments on the Twitter, on the on the feed. But however you want to put it, that's you know, whatever. Yeah, but so So it's like no, getting back to the match. Yeah, we were going back and forth, and they showed a little bit of the build-up to the match with, like you said, Rock and Austin kind of going after it. And I, I had forgotten exactly what built up to the match, but Vince put Deborah as the Rock's manager, and the Rock let her get beat on by Bossman or somebody. Uh, yeah, she got she got hurt in the match, but it was a uh... Angle. She was uh, Austin's wife. Yeah, she was Austin's wife at the time. So when she got hurt, Austin went out there and beat the hell out of the guy that hit her that we can't remember, even though I just watched the damn pay-per-view the other day. And then he started beating the shit out of Rock because he was like, if anything happens to her, it's your damn fault. And Rock's like, I I can't be held responsible for whatever happens to her. She's not my wife. Oh, dude, yeah, I remember that. That was epic. Like, they had them sitting right across from each other, having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, so that started the whole thing. And, yeah, as you were saying, you were a kid, and you're like, what the fuck? You start crying. When I watched the match, I wasn't a kid, but I was like, what the hell? This doesn't seem like it should be right. And then at the end, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm all for this. Let's go. I mean, that's what Austin wanted. He wanted to get out from the face turn. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, both of them came in as faces, which is the weird thing because I want to have a conversation about this. I'll be honest with you. This whole Austin, is he a face? Was he a heel? What was he type of situation? He was was an anti-hero. Yeah, basically an anti-hero, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I feel like we should elaborate on that on a future episode. Yeah, okay. Can do that. But yeah, like it, it's it's cool. It's it's weird, like you know, 
Austin's from Texas. Of course, people were going for him. The kids yeah. were going for The Rock. <laughs> Believe me when I say this. Um, what hurt me was he sided with McMahon, and it's it's kind of weird to to use this as an example. It's like when it's like watching your favorite show. Like, you know, it's fake. You know what it is. It could be The Walking Dead. It could be an episode from Arrow, The Flash. It could be 90210. <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing yeah. examples of, 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 of what people might be interested in or whatever they watch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, and then the character that you're rooting for or the character that you're like, it's a man of his word. Naruto did this a lot too, by the way. Because Naruto creators were big fans of uh, WWE WWE has WrestleMania 17. And then they flipped the script and just threw you over. And everything you've like established the character with, like this idea just gets thrown out the window. So you're left with the, what the fuck? Like, you just don't know what to think. Yeah. That's what I felt like as a kid watching it. You know, it, to me, it was like that moment where Frieza killed Krillin. Mm-hmm. Not the right, not the right situation, but it was like for me, that was one of those moments. Yeah, well, when I, in that respect, when when I saw Frieza kill Krillin, I was like, this son of a bitch, <laughs> and I couldn't wait for Goku to get out of that goddamn spaceship to go kick his ass. Just made me hate him more. So, yeah, so it's insane. Yeah, Austin the Rock. I actually kind of want to do a mini play by play on this because. Austin comes out first to that. I'm sorry, this is not Disturbance's greatest song. <laughs> I had to, I had to say, I'm sorry. I, this is like Disturbance's rendition to Austin's song, and it's not that great. But yeah, once the Rock gets out to the ring, dude, the match just—it's on. Like, it's—you can't even say it's on like Donkey Kong. This shit is like Godzilla versus Ghidorah kind of shit. Yeah, the place erupts. Like as soon as Rock gets in the ring, Austin just starts swinging. Fucking cameras are flashing. Then they come back off, and but people are on their feet the whole fucking match for the most of the match. It's like you don't get that shit nowadays. Like you don't get the excitement of like when the first punch is thrown, you're still like sitting at the edge of your seat. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like how my how I felt watching this match. It's like, I know, like, Austin, like, sucker, like, it wasn't even a sucker punch. He's like, he just started charging. They just charged each other and just went at me. You know, nowadays, in this corner, blah, 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 for the world heavyweight title, this is our, the challenger. And, you know, they, they do all that shit. No, this match didn't even have that. It just rock out in the ring. It's on. 
Oof, and the yeah. story. And that match was high octane. Like, none of them let off. Like, they put the gas on it, and it never ran out. That NOS tank never ran out of gas. They did all their classic stuff. They did, they went overboard. Fucking watching Rock stun Austin, Austin Rock bottom the Rock. It's it's just so such great shit. It's it's so. Yeah. Oh man, I, I just felt like when McMahon came and ruined everything. <laughs> like I felt like that uh that put the brakes on the match, and I think that's what hurt me. Like you had this such great match, like. They had this kind of match before, like the WrestleMania before. Like, even when The Rock had the camera, I thought that shit was hilarious. The WrestleMania before that, like yeah. The Rock had the cameras and he's like singing like Elvis. And he's all like, Who's this monkey piece of crap? He turns around, fucking Austin flips him off and stuns him with the camera on. That shit was hilarious. Then they stun him on the table. All that. Like, they, they took it to another level in this match. Austin had thrown the idea that he wanted to go heel. He said babyface Austin has lost his his way. He, he felt like the character had, had no mojo left. And then Austin, it is said by a lot of sources that I read that Austin literally rethought instead of screwing the rock to Stunning Vince McMahon. Just throwing away that whole uh, Austin turning heel because he felt like the fire got rekindled. Like it it was um, relit. Yeah, he felt like he was back to his old Austin self. And it wasn't just him. Like also the, Dwayne. Like he felt like The Rock was on his game. It, he felt like this is their greatest match. And it did feel like that. Yeah. It was sold to me. Like, Austin stunning The Rock at the end. Like, the whole thing where, like, The Rock had the pin, got screwed. Fucking Austin goes for the stunner. Like, you think it's over. Like, fuck, Rock kicks out. Gets hit with the chair. Think The Rock's back out? No. Fucking Austin has to, like, fucking hit him like he's a fucking slave. With a chair, yeah. To to end the match. I'm sorry, bro. Like that's me. Like it, it. It was like as a kid, it was like one of my this teenager <laughs> kid, teenager, whatever. It was like one of those moments where I was off my seat. Fuck them nachos. Fuck the Doritos. Fuck the Cheetos. Fuck everything. Fuck this was the match, you know? And to have it end because I feel McMahon coming out just put the stop on it. Yeah. Like, I wish that match would have gone to, like, fucking counter-finisher, counter-finisher, and it just fucking ends with, like, just that one Hail Mary one of them does to end it all. Yeah, I mean, it was getting close to that point where it was desperation. That's why they're using each other's finishing moves on them. I, I, I like I like I like that idea whenever you use someone else's finisher. But it make it look good at least too though. <laughs> oh yeah, don't just like watch the shit out of it. Don't throw a spear like Charlotte Flair, throw a spear like 
Edge. I said throw throw a spear like Edge or Rhino, not like Charlotte Flair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, damn. But yeah, that was all, JR. Just all he could scream was Austin stole his soul to the devil. It felt. I think that helped. Yeah. Like JR's commentating helped. Because you always had the idea that JR is Austin's, pretty much Austin's best friend in the company. Yeah. His biggest proponent and all that, yeah. Yeah, and it's like JR throwing his input into the whole thing. It it felt like, all right, I already got stabbed in the heart. All right, I already got that knife in my back. JR is literally just jamming it in comments about how Austin did it because I'm still in shock about the whole thing as a kid. Yeah. You know, I watch it now. I'm like, brilliant. It's so brilliant. Still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm like, it still hurts, but it's so brilliant. It still hurts, but it's so good. It's like watching The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, don't take it that far. Yeah, no, I can see it. It's crazy. But yeah, no, nah, and when I, like I said, when I saw it, I was like, come on, this isn't happening. This is no way. And then after I, you know, saw it like with the Raw the next night, I was like, okay, this is, this is fine. This is just how it's going to be from now on. You know, that was the start of my, turning it into, well, this is a business and they have to do what they got to do to get people in, get and keep people interested and get more people interested. New views and all that other fun shit. Yeah. Yep. Anything else you got to say about this WrestleMania? Maybe the day after Raw, you said you got some. Watch yeah. After there's always an aftermath at Raw, so. Yeah, there's always an aftermath at Raw because it's just like the nature of it. You know, you got to go back over the pay per view that just happened. It wasn't like nowadays. Like nowadays, they started this whole bullshit about how the Raw after WrestleMania is the weirdest crowd and they don't act like a normal crowd. They boo who they normally cheer and they are too excited and they're still drunk from the night before and all kinds of shit like that. But the real reason that crap started was because people booed the shit out of Roman Reigns and Vince didn't want that and he didn't like it so he's like gotta make up this whole fucking bullshit scenario where it's the crowd's fault for some damn reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, it was good. It, it it kept me entertained the whole time. A lot of great matches in there. Matches that aren't allowed to be remembered by people anymore. But 
was great. That's why I wanted to do this one. Good fucking choice. It is widely considered one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Yeah. On many top picks. Um, it's, it's crazy. Just, it's a very fond memory of mine. My teenage years. Uh, it's one that I was always like to go back and watch. Like, I hadn't watched it for a while. So, I thought, uh, honestly, this was going to be my choice for when April came around to uh, to do this one. But I'm glad. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Fuck my life. That's all I got. <laughs> Fucking Austin. Thank you. Thank you, sir. For that, for that mistrust I had after that. Yeah, and besides, if we didn't, he didn't ever turn heel, we never would have got him to sing Kumbaya to Vince McMahon. Or have him and Kurt Angle in them little hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vincent, where can people find you at? Oh, by the way, I highly recommend uh, WrestleMania 17, X7, whatever. Just don't argue about it. Shit. Whatever. What about you, Vincent? You recommend no recommendation. You recommend it to people, yes or no? Oh yeah, definitely. Go out I there. never got your opinion on what you re- before on what if you recommend stuff or not. Come on, yeah, man. I recommend it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a high recommendation. Two thumbs up. Uh, two beers up. Two beers up. Up and uh, Adam. And yeah, if you want to look for me out there, World Wide Web, just look for me. Uh, Whatever, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Not Facebook because I don't do that shit, but at Elcid the first, E L C I D the first. All right. You can find me at XXLeoXR2D2XX on the Instagram. That's pretty much what I use. Whatever floats over to Facebook, that's on the, the accounts being connected. But for the whole podcast, you can find us at Nimrod Generation Podcast. One word on Instagram. Uh, you can search us. Well, if you listen to us on Spotify, just in case you need to let people know, we are on Spotify and we are on Anchor. And also, check out some of the MPUs, though. Nimrod Horror Productions. Nimrod yeah. Production Universe. Universe. Yes, sorry. Joey, don't strike me down, please. Check out the Nimrod Horror Podcast. Also on Spotify, Instagram, one word. And check out the 30-year-old teenagers. Also on the same platforms. With that being said, till the next time. Till next time. Where will we end up in time, Mr. Vincent? Well... It depends on whether we got the break on or not. <laughs>